So welcome everyone to this webinar on DPU Ready with CIPM. So my name is Jay and uh, uh, my full name is Jendra Kumar and you can call me Jay. I'm the trainer for data privacy courses at InfoSec Train. And a, a quick introduction about me. I have close to 11 years of experience in data privacy uh, information security. And I have been working with many MNCs in the past. Uh, and currently I run my own firm in the name of Preventech. And I do uh, provide consulting services. And I do end-to-end -end data privacy program management as well as I also uh, support in various activities related to data privacy. And currently I'm uh, taking up all the uh, certification trainings for IEPP. I'm IEPP certified trainer, okay? And I have accreditations including fellow in privacy from IEPP, which is the highest certification that you get in IEPP. And uh, CIPPE, CIPM, CIPT are the three certifications I have from IEPP, as well as I have, I'm a certified information security auditor and uh, FIPT from OneTrust and CSA star for the cloud security. Okay, I have my full-time MBA from Symbiosis Pune. So that's the quick introduction about me. You can connect to me uh, in LinkedIn at any time. So that's my uh, LinkedIn name, which is Jender Kumar R. So let's get started with today's session. So this is today's agenda. Okay. Uh, in today's agenda, we are going to review the important topics in CIP, uh, CIPM session. Sorry, that's a typo. And uh, the different uh, DPO roles and responsibility, the CIP, CIPM certification relevance to the DPDP Act. And we're going to uh, touch upon some exam prep discussion and how to clear this exam in 30 days and CIPM mock exam questions. Okay, and we have a dedicated Q&A planned for both these sessions. So that's the agenda for today's session. Okay, so a quick overview about InfoSecTrain. We are an institute started in 2016 and one of the finest in security and data privacy set of trainings. These are our endorsements. We have been in the business for more than, I think, five to six years now. And uh, quite... A renowned institution when it comes to data security and uh, data privacy trainings our trusted clients we have many corporate trainings which we conduct throughout the year so why infosec train we have a flexible mode of training certified and experienced instructor tailor-made training and post training support as well okay so to start with, uh, there are three important variants in IAPP certification. One is the first is a CIPPE, second is a CIPM, and third is a CIPT. Okay. The first certification is uh, about the different data privacy laws and regulation that exist. Okay. Okay. So in CIPP, we will be looking after different data privacy. Uh, reg, uh, law specific uh, variants. For example, we have GDPR, which is CIPPE, and uh, we have CIPP US, CIPP Canada, and CIPP Asia. And in InfoSec Train, we are focusing on GDPR, which is sort of a gold standard when it comes to the data privacy laws around the world, right? And uh, the course which we are going to focus today is CIPM, which is Certified Information Privacy Manager. And so, only course that is available in the market that focuses on the data privacy operations as well as the 
program management right it's only course that exists to demonstrate capability of any individual uh, towards a privacy program management okay that's why the certification has a very unique value to demonstrate uh, your privacy leadership skills okay and cipt is a privacy technologies course uh, it's a very interesting course in terms of how you apply technology uh, uh, privacy uh, embed privacy part of the technology and how do you actually understand the touch points when it comes to the technology aspects and that is what we do in cipt we are launching our first batch of cipt in coming march so we have got a lot of demand towards this particular certification so we are going to launch this on uh, the uh, coming months okay and if you get two out of the three certifications and uh, cippe is a mandate of which and uh, if you get either cipm or cipt you will be able to get uh, fip provided you show 3 years of experience in data privacy and uh, sort of accredited by 2 to 3 references then you will be able to get this highest uh, certification in data privacy which is the iapp fellow of information privacy okay it's a fantastic uh, recognition to have this in the market and uh, it it, re, it truly separates uh, uh, you from rest of the people in terms of data privacy ladder okay so why cipm it's a very important question so cipm actually uh, uh, is a globally uh, recognized industry standard and it demonstrate that you are a leader in privacy and program administration so it it uh, in this course we are going to study everything that is required for a privacy program manager or a data protection officer or uh, uh, we can call with different names in different regions but this is one certification that is focused for middle management to senior leadership roles okay and you will be recognized as part of an elite group of knowledgeable capable and dedicated data protection practitioners okay and uh, holding a cipm elevates your leadership profile among your colleagues and cipm is a key benchmark among top employers uh, needless to say this because if you go to any hiring where if you can check in linkedin uh, the minimum mandate that you will see is always cipm and cippe okay even though cippe is a gdpr certification you will see cippe plus gdpr uh, cipm as a combination that uh, uh, that is required in many Uh, uh regions for data protection officer okay especially in the european union if you want to uh, uh sort of apply for a data protection officer role you will see this is a mandate even iapp recognize this combination of cipp e plus cipm as a dpo ready certification okay so that is the reason i always encourage all my candidates to get this holistic flavor of one you study the law the second you are going to apply the law on a business programs right so how do you apply your data privacy requirements which is stated in the law into your day to day personal data life cycle so these two combination are fantastic combination to excel your career into a different heights right and that's the reason i always recommend for to go this combo pack of cipp e plus cipm which is the best option for to give yourself in 2024 okay and about this course uh, so what you will learn in this course is to operationalizing privacy turning your policies into programs right that's the intent of this entire cipm course and uh, so how, what we are going to do we are going to make data privacy regulation sort of work for your organization 
by understanding how to implement them in a day-to-day -day operation and learn to create the different components of your privacy program right from your privacy vision mission in terms of your privacy strategy how do you define your governance how do you create your policies procedure how do you define your controls how do you evaluate the program how do you implement embed part of your product uh, program development right and how do you respond to a data subject request how do you respond to a data breach right and how do you monitor the program how do you uh, ensure training and awareness uh, criteria is completed all these things are are the course curriculum of cip cipm course the course has 90 questions the exam has 90 questions out of which 75 are scored and uh, you have to score out of 100 to 500 a score of 300 will uh, will help you to clear the certification so it's not a linear mathematics of 60% uh, because every question may have a different variable score and out of 90 only 75 questions are generally scored so you never know which question will carry what marks and certain question may not carry any marks right so that's something we don't need to worry about but a rule of thumb which i say to all my candidates is that if you target 75 percent consistently in all your practice you are definitely ready for the exam right i give a lot of uh, strategy when it comes to clearing the certification i let them know what kind of uh, prep which is required because it's a billion dollar question for all the candidates who are preparing for any difficult certifications right am i ready for the exam this question is going to come to all of you it came to me as well for all the certification when i did right so that's where i will guide you with my experience and i i help uh, candidates clear these certifications day in day out i've been conducting trainings for the last two years and i've helped uh, more than 100 candidates clear their uh, iapp certifications so that's something which you can definitely uh, uh, trust upon me to help you clear the certification for sure and uh, you have uh, so at the time of writing this exam, it generally uh, cost you around $550 and you need to pay $250 as a uh, certification maintenance fee or $275 as a, uh, uh, as a membership fee. Okay, it is between $250-$275, you, you have to choose one. Okay, membership fee gives you the access to all the materials, webinars and uh, training videos uh, or whatever is there in IAPP portal, you get access within that uh, $275. It is for one year, whereas $250 is a ma uh, certification maintenance fee, which doesn't give you any sort of access, but rather it's a fee towards maintaining the certification for two years. So this is for two years and uh, $275 just for one year, but you get all the IAPP exclusive access, okay? But the criteria is you have to pay $550 plus this $250 or $275. So, which takes the equation towards minimum 800, correct? So, but uh, if you are from India and you're going to take up this via InfoSec train, you're going to get a subsidized price where you will uh, you will get the exam voucher plus one year membership fee plus the materials, which is the textbook as well as the uh, study guide, which you're going to use during a session. And uh, you're going to get my training for 32 hours, all included within the subsidized price, which is going to be less than this 800 in total. That's the reason I usually recommend. It's a great win-win opportunity. Uh, uh, when when I started my uh, trainings, uh, sorry, when I did my certification, there were no such options, right? Which almost I paid that $800 to get that exam voucher and uh, get my uh, certification through.
correct but uh, now you have a great opportunity just to pay the same amount and plus get the training and everything included part of it so this is the difference between uh, cipm with at infosec train to any other vendor so we offer 32 hours which is a clear usp uh, in infosec train with any other training institute so we offer you 32 hours but we don't provide recorded session because it's an iapp property and iapp doesn't allow recording the sessions okay and uh, so we that's the reason it's a very interactive session we provide you ample time to discuss and uh, there was not a single question that has not been answered in any of my sessions and it will be a very pragmatic and practical discussion oriented so i get people from different backgrounds we spend lot of time for a practical uh, 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 case studies in terms of how do we apply this into different business segments so the interaction is what makes the training experience a different unique one okay and guaranteed lowest price you can check this price with any other market players anywhere in the world in terms of do you get this price in terms of uh, 32 hours you will not find none and uh, approved and certified instructor with fip that's mine uh, career oriented skill based course it's a very practical course uh, i will include a mock exam and part of this course you will get iapp ebook plus notes exam voucher plus one year membership everything included within that price which you are going to get okay and what's the differentiator it's a practical and quality preparation see the reason why we started with 32 hours is that when i did the certification i realized this is a bit of complex topic for someone to start with right just giving rushing this course content in 12 hours in a matter of just 3 4 sessions you will not be able to absorb the content you will not be able to relate to the topics so you need time to go back read and come back to me and ask questions and how do you apply on a day to day basis right that time is required to understand a complex topic like data privacy that's the reason we giving 32 hours and with that you can confidently go for the exam within 1 2 weeks after the uh, completion of the course and that too i have seen my candidates clear on the fourth week of training itself that's the reason i say that you start reading the textbook you will be more than ready at the end of fourth week to go for the exam immediately okay part of this we will study a lot of uh, use cases okay it's a very case study oriented course you will get templates uh, like how to do a dpia i will share a completed dpia uh, records of processing activity ta- transfer impact assessment all these things i will be sharing so that it becomes a very a uh, practice oriented course not just theory and uh, we will have a dedicated exam strategy session i'll be helping you to uh, uh, towards how do you strategize your exam and what are the do's and don'ts what are the tips towards clearing this exam and i'll also be supporting you uh, till the, you, our whatsapp group will remain active till the last person clears this exam okay i'll also support someone who's uh, starting their career i'll support them in terms of how do you plan your career okay this is this is more of uh, counseling and guidance not uh, any job uh, uh, sort of stuff because anyone who promises that they are all sort of uh, faking that no one gives any job assistance in 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 actual true life right it all depends on your uh, uh, own skill as well as it all depends on your hard work correct so we are going to start a batch on 27 jan and it will be between 7 to 11 pm indian standard time okay so if you are opting for this course you should uh, go ahead and block uh, uh, in this session you can try, reach out to the infosec train team so that they will help you to get yourself registered okay so that all being said i'm going to jump into the course content okay 
so how the cipm is relevant to the dpdpa okay dpdpa is the indian uh, data protection digital data protection bill uh, so now it's an act so how this is relevant to the course right so actually the course as i told you is a, uh, a regulation agnostic one which means if you study cipm you will be able to work on any data privacy laws around the world right that being said uh, we cover everything in terms of a holistic data privacy program management right so for a program management it sits in terms of fulfilling the uh, data privacy uh, legal obligations correct so the legal obligation there will be a 10 20% delta across different data privacy laws but in short it is more or less has the same components okay uh, so that is the crux of why we go for capm we sort of understand how to operate in different data privacy laws how do you rationalize and create a framework which will help you to cater to any data privacy laws around the world right so these are the important elements when you go for a capm certification right so if you want to launch a data privacy program right and these are the steps which i'm trying to recommend uh, that these are the important elements as a data privacy manager or a data protection officer you need to know and this is what exactly you need to build a privacy program under dpdpa as well which is the indian data privacy act right so you need to understand your business landscape okay and operation on employee and customer personal data there is one more personal data which is your vendor personal data so identify your legal regulatory and contractual obligations and develop a applicability matrix for data controller and processor roles right so here our idea is to understand our legal and regulatory requirements we may be operating in different regions there could be a business oriented a segment oriented uh, obligation for example you might be from health sector or from banking sector or from financial regulation sector so it depends like your sector also drives in terms of some specific obligations right and you may need to uh, do a gap assessment this is the typical activity many indian firms are doing right now to assess the business organization uh, process in terms of dpdpa requirements right this is the first important activity and from there you will start understanding the gaps and to fix that you need to develop your privacy framework and privacy framework consists of your policies procedures your process uh, and how do you uh, sort of ensure you have the set of documented instruction for your employees to handle personal data right so this is a very important step and part of that or sometimes we define separately your privacy strategy right your privacy strategy again is a very critical component and it helps you to uh define your organization structure the roles and responsibility of different uh, uh critical components of your organization it includes your privacy team the different business stakeholders right and uh, you may define your operating model all these things comes part of your privacy strategy right and privacy awareness is one of the component where people may least give you uh, a priority in some organization but uh fact is data privacy is more of a cultural change 
it's in terms of how people view privacy right it's going to be changed in terms of how we have handled data uh, in the past to what the law requires now to do right so it's a big cultural shift so people need to uh, 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 made aware about the importance the penalties are very very high it's 250 crores but 250 crores is not the ceiling uh, it could be uh, even more than 250 crores depends on the infringement count and categories right so that's the reason we have to start with the data privacy prog awareness program parallelly so that every stakeholder are in line with the vision of the data privacy program and uh, developing a personal data inventory is also one of the very important activity that has to be initiated in the very early stages this is nothing but getting the visibility of the personal data what kind of personal data comes into the organization what are the different channels it come it could come from your website it could come from a retail section or it could come from your mobile channel or it could come from an application right so there are multiple ways a personal data can come into an organization so we need to have that visibility why we are collecting this data when and why and how we are collecting this data all these informations are very very important because if you do not know this particular segment the entire program will be very futile and that's the reason visibility of the personal data is the most critical component of your privacy program if you do this right majority of the component will fall in place if you actually do not do this activity correctly you will find a lot of difficulty in terms of doing the subsequent activity okay and uh, once you have the inventory and once you identify the suitable controls you need to implement those controls into the organization one of the important assessments which is mandated by the, the uh, various data privacy laws around the world including the indian dpdp act is the dpia which is data protection impact assessment so during this course i will give you an overview of what is the difference between a dpia and a pia it's a very important question for you to understand there is so much of wrong information that uh, circulates in the public in the internet and people often gets confused with the these terminologies right so you'll get absolute clarity what is these uh, what are these terms and how to apply each of these assessments in what conditions okay and uh, you need to manage data subject rights and you need to manage your data breach management and also you need to look at your continuous improvement right this is in short a detailed privacy program management right so this is what exactly you need to do for your indian dpdp act as well so if you do the sequence you are going to definitely have a robust data privacy program in place that's the reason our capm course is exactly touching all these topics in terms of 10 modules our 10 module is a replica of what is required under any data privacy laws in the world including the indian dpd dpdp act that's the reason i say this course is very very relevant towards the privacy program management in your organization and uh, these are the dpo's roles and responsibilities so dpo have very important obligations in an organization so if you are going to uh, uh, rely uh, become a dpo you need to know what could be your responsibility in that particular organization so you need to ensure the fiduciary which is the controller and uh, the data principal the data subjects are informed about their data subject rights which which is very very important which is part of the transparency requirements where whenever we collect the data we need to inform the data subjects these are your rights 
this is going to be the first important move which we do typically in the name of data privacy notices when we give the notice we need to make them understand these are your data subject rights this is the reason we are collecting the data and this is what we are going to do with the data this is how long we retain the data this is how we will secure and uh, tra uh, while transferring the data this is how you uh, secure the data as well so these are some of the critical elements needs to be informed through the privacy notices and we will be training the employees on dpdp act on a regular basis and conducting regular assessments and audits to ensure dpdp act compliance so these are very important activities for the dpo because uh, as a significant fiduciary there is a mandate to conduct a data privacy audit so even otherwise even if if the organization is not a significant fiduciary it's it's important for them to do continuous assessment in the organization poster to know how do they uh, uh, sort of comply with these requirements on an ongoing basis right and uh, you will be acting as a single point of contact okay between the company and the authority okay so uh, this is very very critical for example if you have uh, uh, if you are a dpo uh, the organization will not directly interact like for example the ceo may not interact with the law enforcement agency it is typically the data protection officer will become a single point of contact with the data protection uh, uh, to the regulators right that's the reason you will becoming a very important uh, focal person either to the data subject or to the regulators it's a very critical role in terms of liasing the relationship between them and uh, you will be ensuring the data subjects required uh, uh, request are fulfilled so not necessarily the dpo will be doing all these activity but the the accountability of all these activity will stay with the dpo in a large organization the dpo may not be sitting uh, and fulfilling each and every data subject request but rather the dpo is equivalent to uh, sometimes a c suit level and uh, they will be ensuring that we do not miss in terms of a timeline right uh, the timeline is 30 days and we need to respond within the 30 days for the data subject request so in terms of entire monitoring of the process the capability building and ensuring that we fall within the compliance limit is something which is critical for the organization because the moment you breach this you may get a penalty for that right so that is the reason this is a very important component and draw the institution attention and failure to comply with the applicable data protection rules so if the organization is making mistakes takes it could be a simple marketing activity or in terms of a procurement service or if you are migrating to a cloud there could be multiple business activity that happens within the organization right so part of this activity if the organization makes any mistakes right it is important that dpo points out this mistake to ensure that the mitigation happens at a stage where you will able to contain the damage right so this is very very important that's the reason dpo is become a, a, a touch point for all this decision making right which is going to happen in the future they will be part of those discussion where uh, a, a product development or if if it's going to be purchased from the market or if you're going to have a important a uh, migration activity or we are going to move to cloud all these activity now the uh, data privacy officer will or data protection officer will become a very important touch point okay so that's important which the organization uh, uh, also need to uh, provide that uh, interface okay and responding to the data principles 
to inform that about their personal data is being used. So this is done via privacy notice. And finally, maintaining the records of all data processing activity conducted by the company. So uh, records of processing activity, okay, records of processing activity becomes an important obligation. Reason uh, tomorrow, okay, so uh, this becomes an important obligation. Uh, tomorrow, uh, uh, the the regulatory authorities, if they knock the company's door, they will ask mainly three important things. One, your documented policy procedures. They may ask your inventory, which is your uh, records of processing activity. And third, they may ask you in terms of your data protection impact assessments, which have been conducted, right? So uh, these three areas are very, very critical areas to ensure they are in place. This is, this is, uh, something like uh, uh, information that you need to keep it in mind. Like if there is any complaint, these three documents are very, very critical for you to have clear audit trail as well as in terms of your uh, documentation has to be on the teeth. So these are the important roles and responsibility of the data protection officer. So I'm going to move into the uh, privacy operational life cycle. Okay. So privacy operation life cycle, if, if I have to break down the CAPM course, I, I have to divide it into two comp major components. The first component is about your privacy governance. So when I say privacy governance, we will understand your uh, touch points of personal data uh, handled by different departments within the organization. It could be HR, it could be finance, it could be sales and marketing, uh, it could be uh, R&D. Uh, likewise, there are many departments which definitely act as a, a, a personal data touch point, right? So we understand the uh, importance of uh, the role that needs to be played by the data privacy team there. And we will try to understand what are the uh, how do you identify the different uh, legal and regulatory requirement? How do we need to monitor them? And uh, then finally, in terms of defining the roles and responsibility, including the DPO. This is the governance part. And then the course moves on to the data life cycle part. So the personal data life cycle is divided into four important stages, which is assess, protect, sustain, and respond. Okay, so I'll just give you overview of what are these four major phases assess is basically understand your organization so it starts with your identification of personal data once you identify it you classify it and then you will be able to have uh, understanding of what kind of controls to apply right so during assess phase it it starts with your identification and then it goes into the different uh, set of as, uh, uh, assessment activity that could gap assessment or it includes your dpia pia uh, 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 transfer impact assessment legitimate use assessment right uh, these are different assessments that happens within assess phase right and once you assess you are going to find out multiple gaps in across different processing activity that requires to be rectified which is where you will come up with your policies procedures and uh, then update if not it will be in the current cycle it will be updation of the uh, corresponding documentation right so that will be in the protect phase where we will be defining the changes or create the required uh, elements in the documentation part and then apply the controls on the environment so this could be the different information security controls, data protection controls that is required to protect the personal data in the entire uh, life cycle, right? 
so once we complete the protect phase then we move to the sustain phase so in the sustain phase we will be in what activities are required to sustain the privacy program which is which is what we do with the training and awareness so training and awareness is a very pivotal activity to ensure we sustain the quality as well as effectiveness of the privacy program so and the second important activity is your continuous monitoring in the name in the form of your audits your assessments again when i say assessments these could be uh, your uh, standard specific assessment it could be like iso 27701 or any kind of audits which we do can come under the sustain phase okay finally the respond phase of the data life cycle this involves in terms of how do you respond to a event uh, this event could be a data subject rights request or it could be a data breach okay in both these situations how do you handle this particular element so we go deep in terms of understanding what are the different data subject rights how do you respond to them how do you what are the critical elements which you need to know uh, part of this data subject rights fulfillment similar in the case of data breach management so in the data breach management in terms of how do you uh, uh, identify a breach what is the difference between a security incident or a security breach versus a data privacy breach right so <clears throat> when i say data privacy it's mean personal data breach so uh, what's the difference between them and how do you integrate personal data breach management into your existing uh, incident uh, management programs right what are the critical elements associated with that so these are some of the uh, important topics that we go through part of the uh, response phase so this is in short in terms of the data life cycle which we will be studying in depth in terms of our cipm course okay so next is the governance model when i said that we will be dividing the chapter into two part so one part is the governance right in the governance we will be looking into the organization vision mission the privacy policy that we develop the roles and responsibility how do you embed privacy part of the processes is what we look into the data governance framework right data privacy framework as well what we call and uh, in this we have three important models the first model what we call it as a centralized model okay centralized model is a common where we have uh, organization uh, with a single line of command where you have a top management representation or for example let's take there is a chief privacy officer or a data privacy officer at a central office and they take all the decision regarding data privacy in the organization and it is just implemented into uh, all different parts of the organization and there is no further delegation of decision making it's a unilateral decision making this is what we call it as a top down approach or we call it as a centralized approach so suitable for a set of a large organization without any custom modification happening at a regional level or a different unit level right so this is suitable for uh, uh, these kind of organization where uh, 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 a single line of command is enough and this is what we call it as a top down approach and the second is a bottom up approach what we call it as a local or decentralized model where the decision making is left to the operational level where the people who are acting on the ground they have uh, provide the key inputs of how to uh, define this as well as there is a uh, uh, there is a uh, the, it's a completely decentralized model everyone collaborates in terms of making it effective so this is very suitable for uh, small companies startups basically where do not have a fixed hierarchy line of uh, uh, command 
and uh, it helps them to quickly iterate over the requirements and uh, in terms of make it very effective as well and there is a third model which we call it as a hybrid model which is combination of both your uh, centralized as well as decentralized this is what we call it as hybrid model many of the international organizations run in the hybrid model which means they have a a global data privacy office and then they have a specific regional data privacy centers so the global privacy office will create global practices but this will definitely vary according to the different regions let's take a big company that operates across multiple uh, uh, continents around the world it may have a one global privacy office that creates the organization's vision mission best practices but again when it comes to the specific compliance requirement it varies if they could operate in gdpr they could operate in india and they could operate in us so this will vary and the regional uh, centers will again have the level of powers to modify customize uh, their practices towards the regional laws right so this is an example of hybrid model so this what we understand part of the privacy governance model it's one of the important concept in the cipm if you look at there are multiple levels of intersection that happens in a privacy framework we create uh, for example i uh, when i do consulting we typically create around 25 different set of documents in terms of data privacy program so it looks the number count looks very high but there is a rational towards that okay there are different components which needs to be uh, uh, looked into right right starting from your privacy notice your data uh, uh, your data processing agreement your policies and we have a main uh, policy and then you have supporting procedures how do you respond to a data subject rights how do you manage a data breach right how do you conduct your data protection impact assessment how do you discover your data how do you maintain your uh, inventory of records right likewise there are different sections within the framework which needs to be specifically addressed okay uh, that's the reason framework is a very very critical component I, this is just a demo of uh, uh, what i found on internet so this this slide is again a very very important slide which which tries to give you the flavor of many data privacy laws exist in the world okay as a, a data protection officer or a data privacy professional how do you bring all these different requirements and ensure that compliance is met at the same time reduce your effort right it's it's a very complex question the reason is every law has their own way of demanding uh, compliance requirements right and but good thing is that there are uh, 70% or 75% there is a common thread in among all the data privacy laws right so that helps us towards creating something called a rationalized framework where we pick up the most stringent law among this if you are operating in multiple regions and we try to pick up the most stringent law and set it as a baseline and whatever specific requirements around the different data privacy laws around the world we try to consider them as outliers and then fulfill them one by one as a specific use case so this methodology is called as rationalization and it's one of the very important topic in capm how do you focus this 
problem statement of catering to multiple data privacy laws around the world right so let me give you some simple examples for example in uh, in in california there is a specific right which is like do not sell my data right this is one of the rights in 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 brazil there is a specific data privacy right uh, right to anonymize the data right and uh, uh, in in other uh, data privacy laws as well there could be some specific use cases like in india dptp act we have consent manager which is a very unique concept only to the indian ecosystem right so likewise in in in, in brazil uh, the law demands a data protection officer for each and every organization okay so there could be there could be some specific outliers in different laws that is what we focus and uh, try to uh, ensure we met the compliance with the ready, uh, with the minimized effort this is what we called as a concept of uh, rationalization okay so with that this is what the different components of the rationalization so there are common elements across many data privacy laws it could be consent the privacy notice the option of giving choice while taking a decision right to access right to correction and deletion and purpose limitation data retention limit and securing the personal data these eight components almost remains the same in 95% of data privacy laws right so apart from that there could be some unique ones for example uh, in gdpr we have right to right against automated decision making right right to portability may you may not find these two rights in many of the data privacy laws around the world right likewise in gdpr we have six lawful bases right in other countries you may not find that many lawful bases gdpr is a very comprehensive law right when it comes to international data transfer you have so many instruments a defined part of gdpr which you can use for international data transfer likewise you need to understand these nuances and we describe this in 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 a brief to understand the different elements of different data privacy laws okay so with this topic i probably wind up for today's discussion